once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, uh, Matt Dudek, who you normally would hear as my co-host, and you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt, is probably as you are listening to this, uh, currently setting up the Southwest offices of the Horizon Roundtable. But you can find us, of course, on our website, HorizonRoundtable.com. Go to HorizonRoundtable.com slash subscribe to see all of the links of all of our socials so you can join us there uh you can also pull us up and subscribe wherever podcasts are found and become a patron patreon.com slash horizon roundtable we actually did uh early access for part two of the writers forum we're going to keep doing that because we're going to do that for preview week and all of our preview week articles and the power rankings during the week but this episode since matt is not here it is our annual Horizon Boy episode, so Horizon Boy, welcome once again, and welcome back. We always enjoy having you. Uh, this is one of my favorite days of the year. Thank you for having me on. The vibes it's are excellent. I've already absolutely. had my cup of coffee out of my uh, Horizon Roundtable mug, and uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, if you become a patron, right, you can get a Horizon Roundtable mug, and maybe even a, maybe even a t-shirt at the $7 level, so yeah. Yeah, see? Become a patron. And of course, Horizon Boy being a fan of all and a fan of none, I appreciate the patronage, sure, as always. And that's well, what this is. Like, well, it is like a little bit about a little like a little bit about cheating since you do contribute occasionally, and of course you're always on once you're always on every year. I gotta get better at writing uh, for for the website this year. I had some in the past, but last year I don't think I put out any columns. I don't this believe you did. No, but yours are always very popular. Yours are always very popular. Um, so yeah, so we. It's funny because we are now in September, and we are now in the. Pre we talked about our preview week, which we always do second week of October. But it seems everybody, all these eager beavers, are gonna are starting to come out of the woodwork to. Give us their takes on what's going to happen this season. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the mid-major central, the, that gentleman there, he put out his preview on the YouTube on his YouTube channel. Um, I, I uh, I'm sure some of you enjoyed it. I don't think Milwaukee fans did, but hey, it's okay. Um, Are Milwaukee but, fans ever happy? You know what I. I can understand their pain. Oh yeah, come on! They they love Bart Lundy. They love that Bart Lundy magic, man. They do. Lundy magic. It's a train. It really is. We coined it. By the way, I I, I got to keep bringing this up. We're the ones who coined it first. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. It was used the the graphic with the hat and the whatever the wand is that what you call it uh, that a magician uses? Yes, uh, it was used by true. the official. Uh, Milwaukee basketball page. That was nice. That was great. We didn't do that. So we absolutely did not do that. That is all Milwaukee. That is all them. We're just the one. We're just the ones who keep saying and kept saying it for some reason. No, I made the graphic though, and they they tagged me. They gave me appropriate. Did they now? Not. I did not realize that. Holy crap! I did not realize that. So hey, there you go. Outstanding work, <laughs> as always. See, I was doing something last year. No, no, you, we, we saw you do it. We saw you working, and we're going to see you working this season, too. Um, in fact, this season might be a little tougher for you. Cause well, last season was my toughest so far in terms oh, yeah. of, of picking record. Uh, I was worst uh, of my six years of doing it. Last year was my worst. So there's a lot of pressure on this year. i got to come deliver. Yeah, well, I mean, it's. It, I don't think it's entirely your fault because last year there was – a lot of unknowns where you weren't really sure who exactly was going to finish first and so on and so forth. Um, we, I mean, Jesus, I, and that's we, the nature of this sport now. It's interesting. Exactly. You know, I could, I can sit here and, and say it's getting harder or I can adjust. Uh, and we have to, we have to change how we're evaluating teams given the yeah. amount of turnover that we're seeing in mid-major conferences now. Well, yeah. Well, the other thing too, and this is this was true with the Horizon League last year, and I guarantee it's I, I I will bet any amount of money it's going to be even more true this season, is that you have so much parity, you have so much parity 
between the teams, and you knew it. You saw it every all, all around. That at any given game, a team is gonna be a team that you think is not gonna like. For example, Youngstown State losing to Robert Morris. I mean that that really kind of had they not lost to Robert Morris, they would have won the outright uh, regular season title way before they did. Also, had they not lost, they would have actually clinched the most amount of wins in Youngstown State history, period. So, but that's the nature of the beast. That's just one example um, of that type of thing. And I think this season, and I don't know if you kind of laid it out yet, but this season I think is going to be even more unpredictable. Yep. (laughs) I agree. Um as you said, the regular season champions, the Youngstown State team last year, was loaded with a bunch of transfers. We weren't exactly sure what we're going to see. And I think right behind them in terms of talent was Milwaukee. Yeah. And Who I don't also think had a bunch of transfers. Them. Right. I mean, uh, if so you look at the new staffs, of- new transfers, it's it's hard to predict. And it's funny because we, while you had Youngstown State and Milwaukee, they brought in a bunch of new transfers. Cleveland State had a bunch of new transfers come in. Cleveland State is another great example of that. Exactly. I, I was not a believer in Cleveland State, even throughout the season. I had them well, lower I mean, than the the standings. Yeah. Uh, but, but they were really – they're a perfect example of a mid-major team who had a new staff, a new host of characters in the locker room, and they gelled from the start. Uh, yeah. they, no, there was not entirely a... from the start, Horizon Boy, if you recall the first game of the season. I kind of wish I wouldn't remember the first game of the season. But but you're, to your point, yeah, the, the, the gelling part was absolutely – I think that was the big question mark behind Cleveland State because on top of the new players they brought in, they still had the core. Um, and then conversely – you look at Purdue Fort Wayne, which was the most experienced team that, that most experienced team that the Horizon League had last year. And wow, I mean that that was they ended up finishing what ninth? Yeah, it was I confusing. Mean, it, it was confusing. Really- and I think one of the things that when I was going to the drawing board after my worst season of all time, and and I was high on 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 Purdue Fort Wayne. Everybody, we picked them first. Yeah, yeah. And I think in the horizon, I think it's easy to be biased against newcomers. Uh, And I think one of the reasons that PFW was picked so highly was, one, because they won the uh, regular season title the year before. And two, they had a lot of returning characters. Yeah, exactly. I think I need to adjust the way that I'm evaluating teams and identify a bias for familiar faces. Yeah, and I think we're going to run into that even more this season because this season, the, in the new face department, you have Youngstown State, who is once again bringing in a bunch of gra- a bunch of transfers. You have Oakland, who is also bringing in a bunch of transfers. Robert Morris doing the same thing. Purdue Fort Wayne has had to dip into the well, and then you have Green Bay, who pretty much turned over their entire roster although if we're being honest is was that you know given the way things went last season eh. i think that's a good thing and when you look at that on top of milwaukee retaining who they had but they have a bunch of people coming in because they had to break you know they have to uh they had to bring in specifically at the front uh in the front court they needed some help you had Cleveland State who needs to bring – I mean, I don't necessarily think they needed to bring in that much backcourt help, but they certainly did bring in some more. And, you know, IUPUI, who – you know, that, that group of freshmen, they're coming back. And the Bryce Monroe, who we, were, we, we saw once last year, scored 29 points and then never saw him again because he was hurt. He's actually going to play this year. Right, and, and uh, yeah, I know we, we talked about, uh, before the show, our rankings, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get yes. to those, but we oh, may disagree on how high we have IUPUI this year. I think so, too, and I'm glad. This is a great segue because blue, the Blue Ribbon Yearbook, the Blue Ribbon Yearbook has come out, 
uh, it came out. It's here. And just like Mid-Major Central, and this I find this very interesting, uh, they have Wright State at the top. They have Wright State at the top, and they're very bullish on Wright State. They are uh, Blue Ribbon, however, is not very bullish on Northern Kentucky. They haven't finishing fourth. And uh, that's a there's that's very interesting to me. Um they also seem to be very uh, Blue Ribbon also seems to be very bullish on IUPUI because they haven't picked to finish seventh. Now, we talked about all the parity in the conference. I have to I, I keep belaboring the whole Detroit Mercy thing, but I have to talk about it. But this is actually good news because now they actually have a full roster. At least we think they do. They they always do. I, I've never seen a program that loves picking up guys in August more than Detroit. Uh, and you know what? They haven't been as bad. Those, those August pickups have not struggled as much as I thought they might. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing, though, because – it seems to me that they should have had – there's a couple of pickups they shouldn't have needed to have happen. Um, Tovar, J. Allen Tovar not ending up at an NAI school and not being uh, a part of this team was kind of a surprise. Given what they have added in, it doesn't look like we're going to see P.J. Fuller. It, I mean, or – I mean, the – the idea that I think J- it seems like, yes, we are going to see Jaden Stone this year because it looks like he's got his thing going on. But here's the other thing, too, and I just looked at this because they have they filled up their scholarships now. They have 13 scholarships, but they're still too short because uh, we're still not going to see Sonny Johnson Jr. because he's because uh, of the hip surgery. So it looks like he's going to be out another year. And there is still an eligibility question on Alex uh, Chickow, uh, the center, the forward, because he's a two-time transfer. So they're, uh, Troy Mercy is trying to get a waiver for him. Um, and if you've noticed, the NCAA really isn't uh, granting those. So yeah, so you, that, so you take those 13 scholarship players and then you drop that down to 11. Which means you're going to see a lot of, which means you, you're you're probably going to see a few more uh, a few more walk-ons get playing time than you thought you were. So um, yeah, which is never a great conversation to have, you know. God bless walk-ons. I'm all about walk-ons who are able to earn their playing time. But if you're looking at your roster and you're thinking, yeah, there's going to be a lot of walk-ons who get minutes this year, you might not be set up the how you intended it. No. And no. that's why I've got Detroit. I've got them 11th out of 11 in my power rankings, uh, in my preseason yeah. uh, predictions. Lurin agrees you with you, you and I agree. You didn't say the, the big words, which is that for the last five years, that has been the Antoine Davis show. And now it's going to be, yeah, exactly. So now and there's a void. A giant void. I mean, this is like, I mean, this is, I, I don't want to call it, it. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a major problem for them. And the other issue that we have. Uh, oh yeah, Jaden Coleman. He's not here there anymore either. Yeah, <laughs> you you thought you were you thought you were gonna get. They, we thought we were gonna see Jay Tovar. We thought we were gonna see Jaden Coleman. Both of them are not there anymore. Um, obviously, there is a question mark on PJ Fuller, but given the way it looks. Uh, Roster-wise, just the recent announcements, I don't think he's going to be there. It doesn't look like it. Um, And then the question on Chickow. And you go from – and they struggled even with Antoine in the lineup, obviously. What's it going to look like without him? I mean, and – They were the eighth seed last year out of 11. They ended up giving – in one of the best games of all last year, giving – Youngstown a run for their money in the quarterfinal yeah. of the conference tournament, but and that's if- funny because you saw once again you saw the the parity up and down with the exception of Green Bay and IUPUI last season. How unpredictable that whole thing is! You saw Youngstown State give uh, Detroit Mercy give Youngstown State for money. 
They play Cleveland. I don't think, I don't think this year is going to have a one through nine parity no. like it did, like it did last year. I think it's going to be one through ten. You do? I think I'm seeing six. Really, six? Okay. Which six are you seeing? Well, the sixth team, and they're hanging on there, is Oakland. I yeah. think without Jalen Moore, I think he did a lot more for that team uh, than he got. I mean, he got credit, but. I think as a floor general, I'm interested to see how they distribute the ball and, mm-hmm. and how they get it to their talents. Um, so I've got Oakland at six, but I okay. think the cutoff is kind of after them. I wish I was more uh, bullish on on Robert Morris. I, I'm just – their roster turnover too, but here, then I'm running into the same bias as I have in the past. Yeah. I think the other thing, yeah, and it sounds, I, I don't, I, it really sounds like we're going to see Rocket Watts at the point. It, I, it sounds like we might see that. Um, cause I guess, uh, I mean, why we work definitely, it seems like we're going to see Tone Hunter, but are we, I mean, we also have a question is he going to be, is Rocket Watts, we're going to see Rocket Watts at the point too? I mean, we're going to see, I mean, that's going to be an interesting. And then there's that other question mark where what how is how are we finally going to are we going to see which are we going to see a rocket Watts that we expected to see last year come up this year? And I think there the success that Oakland is going to have, I think, fair or not, is going to hinge on what Rocket Watts does this year. And I could see him. I think he'll have a bigger role than last year. The question He's going to have no choice. Efficiency. Yeah, I think he'll have a bigger role, but I don't. We'll see how efficient that squad is. I think, as I said, I think they. I have them sixth, and then they're in the last uh, of my top half of the league. I, I think the top six teams will run around with each other, and I, I'm not so sure about the following five. And it's who, and just so we're clear, the other who do you have in the other five? I'm sure we have the same ones, but yeah, which ones do you have in your top five? And that would be Robert Morris, followed by IUPUI. I'm sorry, that the, sounds. I'm sorry, that, the the top five, not the bottom five. Oh, my top five. <laughs> uh, I've got the Penguins. I've got yep. the Raiders. Yeah. I've got Northern Kentucky. Yeah. I've got Cleveland State, and I've got Milwaukee. Uh, yep, there you go. Um, I, I see where you, I, I think, and, and I, I see where you're going with the, you know, the, the, that whole, it's that whole thing where, because Youngstown State was in that situation last season where they basically turned around, uh, turned around nearly the entire roster and did what they did. We have to, uh, we, to your point, you know, we need to look at, we'll need to look at, that Robert Morris, who ha- who's done, who's doing the same thing this season, we need to look at Purdue Fort Wayne, who is essentially doing the same thing, doing that same thing this season as well. Green Bay and Detroit Mercy, both of those two are doing the same thing too. Um, and I think with, I think with Green Bay, I, I think their big, th- I, I think with Green Bay, there's a, they have a similar. Well, no, they don't. They've got a new staff. They've got an ent- almost entire roster turnaround. But man, I can't bet against Sonny Wicks. <laughs> I, just, I agree. I mean, I mean and, and I think just, you could I look mean, at Green Bay. You could I mean, look at Green Bay and say that they're the Milwaukee of this year. I mean, you a can. New staff, a lot of turnover. Maybe you see some similarities. And to the I, contrary, I have Milwaukee number one, but they could be the Purdue Fort Wayne. Yeah, because they've got a lot of returning characters. We recognize them. They were on the up at the end of last season uh-huh. with their best players returning. And I think they're... maybe they won't be as hot as they were last year. I think the big, yeah. And I think Milwaukee probably would have. Milwaukee's biggest downside last season was the fact they had they did not have Marquise Browning. At, I don't think he was at 100%. I know he was out for extended time. But no, I don't think I'm not sure he was not, I don't think he was 100% down the stretch, and I don't really necessarily. I mean, that was huge for them. That's a big blow. To your point about Green Bay, though, 
as we talked about, whereas Milwaukee kind of had some real uh, a real under the radar guy like BJ Freeman. Green Bay has Noah Reynolds coming in, who is, if anybody's seen him, is not necessarily under the radar under any circumstances. And I think he's going to be huge. I think he's going to be pivotal for this Green Bay team. And off of uh, just, you know, take the numbers away. You look at Sundance Wicks. That's a guy who's going to win. You can just tell. He's... He will get his guys charged up, and I'm a believer in whatever he's working on. I mean, come on, we had him. The interview that you did with him and yeah. everything else on on social media that I've seen through Green Bay, that seems like a fun fit for that school. And I, I, I mean, think the Horizon League is a lot more fun when Green Bay is good. It, it is. It is. It's and it's funny because the three years that we, you know, the, well, two and a half. <laughs> The, the two and a half seasons we had under Will Ryan were not it. You know, we, we, we were hoping they would, they, we were hoping they'd be okay, but it just didn't. And it just didn't. It just didn't. And I, I think last, last season was kind of the, the breaking point because we, we've watched enough horizon league basketball to know what green Bay has done in the past. And, I think they finally got around to saying, yeah, you know what? Because Green Bay decided, got to the point where like, yeah, we know what we know what we've done in the past and we need to start we need to look towards the future and do that. And that's what they they did. But man, yeah. You talk to you talk to Sunday, uh, Sundance Wicks for like 5 minutes and you're like, you know, sign me up as a walk-on. Come on. Right. Exactly. I, uh, I, that and, is a, and I think that matters. I think that matters. Now, does that is that going to translate? I'm mean, again, it's is that going to translate into a a significant turnaround? Good question. Lundy magic. <laughs> I mean, how much of that was was pure magic? We don't know. And, but <laughs> and and remember too, not just I mean, Lundy, not Lundy, notwithstanding, also not the first time that this has happened either. Shall I, as I, as I bring out Dennis Gates, did the exact same thing. Within two years, he had a, he had the team, he had the Cleveland State in the, in the uh, NTA tournament. Within two years, within two years of taking a team over in July, he had that, t- he had that entire, I mean, I guess it helps to have like Spire Johnson as your like core guy to stick around for the whole entire time, but still. Sure. But, but Dennis Gates, as you said, is one of those magnetic personalities. You, yeah. He has one press conference, and, and you have the same reaction. Sign me up as a walk-on. Exactly. And I don't think the story ends for Dennis Gates at Cleveland State. Look what you can use what he did last year at Missouri as further evidence. Absolutely. The, you mean the Horizon League All-Star team? <laughs> Absolutely. That was a fun team to root for. It really was. And, yeah, and, yeah I mean, and – He's got a two-way contract with the Lakers now, doesn't he? So, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that's it's it's funny and it's funny because we talk about this to talk about the unknowns. I feel bad for you because I know you're you're kind of bread and butter is trying to look into this and kind of get a deep dive into see, hey, you know. What's it gonna look like this season, game by game? And man, I, I know you, lo- I know you lost your mind last season. I'm sure it's not gonna be any better I, this season. Last season, I was losing my mind. You know, I felt like I was on the wrong side of a lot of what we call hooks, which is where you lose by, you know, uh, a half point on on a spread. Uh, I was getting some bad luck here and there, and I felt like I was seeing the league better than my record indicated. But you know, there's no sorries in in my ball game. You know, there's no feeling bad for yourself uh, in Horizon Boys Arena. So it's about adjustment. It's it's finding uh, a new, um, you know, strategy. I think it, it becomes less of okay, I'm a Horizon League expert. I think you have to spread your wings a little bit and watch more mid-major basketball. So when these guys transfer in, you know, you know yeah. what they're able to do. I I don't know if you follow uh, uh, Jordan Majewski on on Twitter. I think I've he does a really a decade. good job. I, I've followed him for a decade. Yeah, staring at yeah. the floor. Yeah, and I think like somebody his... like him who who really looks at the mid-major environment as a, a collective scene is really able to 
gain an advantage in this era because he knows so much about all of these different players. You know, it just occurred to me we have never had Jordan on this podcast, and I do not know why. I don't know why we've never had him on the podcast. It's I, I, it's a crime. We we you thank you for bringing that up. I feel terrible. We've never had Jordan on the on the podcast ever. So Jordan, if you're listening, the invite is open. Yeah, I think I think uh, I I'm trying to be a little bit more like him in my approach and my analysis. Uh, yeah. This season. Staring at the floorboards. Uh, do a search on WordPress, and that's there. That's where he's at. Staring at the floorboards. That's it. He's got uh yeah, and subscribe because he's uh because he's uh, annual subscription is like ten bucks. It means it's worth it. Totally worth the money. I'm I'm a subscriber to him. I'm a and I'm a patron of the roundtable as well. So it's it's all indeed good you are. Get as much as information as you humanly can before everybody else. I might add. So as far as last season is concerned, I know you you had a rough year. Who what was there was there a particular team that burned you the most? It was Cleveland State. I refuse to believe <laughs> in Cleveland State. Uh, they burned me the most. I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll spin zone and, and talk about some positive things. Two years ago when I came on this podcast, I told you that Purdue-Fort Wayne was going to be the best against the spread in the conference, and I was correct. Yes. Last year, last year I told you that it was going to be Robert Morris, and they were second. They were 13 and nine in conference play. They were second best. Can you guess uh, who the best team against the spread was in conference play last year? Uh, was it Detroit Mercy? Is it, it I don't know why. Detroit was actually, they were third worst. Uh, it was IUPUI at uh, 16 and five. IUP, well, yeah, I mean, and you get 16 and five. Yeah, you know what? That makes sense. It totally so Robert Morris is second. So, so in the past well, because their years, spreads were probably because IUPUI the spreads against IUPUI were probably so ridiculous that yep. that when you when you you know plunk down a couple of bucks on them against the spread you you know you had a pretty good shot and um, they were I guess getting just, 17, 18 points on the regular. Incidentally, I should probably get to the, throw the disclaimer of this is for entertainment purposes only and be you know gamble responsibly. Um, probably I can I probably should have said it at the beginning of the but yeah it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh well, I'll say it for you now. Uh, again, you know, I, I when I talk about gambling and what Horizon Boy is, I, obviously gambling is is dumb from a financial perspective. <laughs> it's a silly game, but but you know like a rat in a, in a cage. It's more fun than everything to try and think you're the smartest one in the in the room. Yeah, it's a fun entertainment. I also think it's a fun way to analyze and get engaged with the league. Yeah, and one of the one of the things that I, I've talked about in the past of like what Horizon Boy is, is it started off as a gambling experiment, but I also think more than anything, it's this it's a social experiment, and I think that leagues like the Horizon League should should embrace. Uh, the, the gambling movement because I think it creates engagement and awareness towards programs and student athletes. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so but IUPUI absolutely makes sense because like like I said before, yeah, their their spreads were completely ridiculous and. Yeah. You knew, uh, knowing knowing the the group that they had. Um, I think Jalen Counter was a little bit more of a surprise than the freshmen were. But, I mean, a kid who ends up third-team All-Horizon League obviously is no slouch himself. And, and uh, first-team All-Hair. First-team all I think he was second-team all Oh, crud. I don't remember. Oh, wait, yeah. that's right. I forgot you do the All-Hair team, too. And I'm yeah. pretty sure so, you left so Brock and I think he's going to be an important player on this team. And that's why I, I think they're going to be better than we've seen them. I, I think, you know, this is a world of hot takes. I think this is going to be the best IUPUI team that you've seen in the Horizon Conference. Really? Um, even better than the uh, – wow, that is interesting because that is – I mean, that that includes the uh, that includes the first uh, – the team that was here the first year with uh, Cameron Justice. Who actually went to a postseason tournament? I mean, they were sixteen and seventeen, but wow, yeah, that's that's a bold take, sir. Jalen Counter's got it. I think Egg Buddha's going to get more minutes this year. Really? And as you said, Bryce Monroe, like that's a guy who, who 
put it all up, but was playing injured, and, and we'll see. They're bringing in talent, I believe, in, in that program. So so let, let's see IUPUI have some success this year. I think the big thing with them, I think their big concern, it, they, it definitely isn't the backcourt. Definitely not the backcourt, because they've got plenty in the backcourt. We saw that. We saw flashes of that last year between counter, between Vincent Brady, huge, huge impact player, the Gerard twins. Uh, I know injuries got, got, you know, hampered them a little bit. DJ Jackson, uh, again, injury bug. I think the big thing for them is going to be, and, and oh wait, I'm sorry, it was Dalen Hamilton. He had the, he had, uh, not DJ Jackson, Dalen Hamilton. He was the one who was hurt. But I think their big thing um, is going to be up front. That was the big issue they had last season because they didn't have the, they didn't, the, the issue they had, they did not have a, they didn't have all that much of a presence up front because you had Chris Austin, but you also had Jonah Carrasco, who is a little undersized for that position in the middle. And when Chris Austin, who unfortunately had foul trouble quite a lot last season, you know, that's... And that was but a I, product of their lack of depth there. Yeah, now they bring I, in... I him. actually, I thought Carrasco was going to have more success than he did last year. Yeah. Uh, that, I that was a guy I was higher on than, than he... I really... Yeah, I really think with I think with I think with again with Carrasco, I think he was a little mispositioned given the, the given the the rotation. I think he was he's a better four than a five, but they didn't have a choice but to put him where they put him. Now, fast forward this season, they're bringing in transfers. They brought in Abu Sam, Quanzi Samuel. Uh, I don't know if we're, how much we're going to see that Eves Nakoma from Kennesaw State, um, but there's a lot more size coming in now. Um, so yeah, I think that it. But Egg Buddha, but Egg Buddha, you're gonna definitely see. I think you're gonna see a lot more of him at the four. I really do. I thought he. I wasn't sure why he didn't get as much of the slice of the pie as he did last year. I, I think um, the reason. I think the reason was they wanted to go. I. I, it, I mean, but you had the all the that that group of you know new guys coming in between. Counter the Gerard twins, Jackson, Brady. I, I could see the argument of how you couldn't keep them off the floor. So there was a so so playing times even at the four was kind of at a premium. And I mean, Crenshaw went Sometimes small. it helps to come off the bench. Sometimes you can be more efficient if you're coming off the bench. Uh, but I, I felt like Egbuda was was a candidate for. Yeah, you know, he was just—he was an efficient player off the bench on that team, and I, I think he'll have an expanded role this year. I think he will too. Uh, uh, given what, given now that they brought in some size from the transfer portal, um, I think the the rotation in the backcourt is a lot more solidified, especially now that you have Monroe healthy and going to be playing. Very important. I think that was that's going to be a big thing too for them. Is the uh, somebody who has who is essentially their primary ball handler because that last season that was an issue, you know the 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 turnovers were an issue, and with Monroe there, that's that that's a problem that potentially should be solved. So that again, everything you're saying is a reason I think IUPUI is going to compete this year. I think yeah. Jalen Counter. He was 13 last year. Some people were surprised that he made that team. That one, I, I didn't have him on my personal uh, third team, but I had to see him on there. I thought he deserved it. And I, I think he's going to be the Jalen Moore of IUPUI this year. That's, a, that's some big shoes to fill. Pretty big. Um, so I want to talk about Wright State because – it seems I don't. It seems to me that it, even with the first couple of you know predictions coming in, there seems to be a very people are very bullish on Wright State, and they are even as we're still waiting on a decision for Tanner Holden. And I understand the hype. 
I think I don't think you're crazy. I don't disagree with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, amidst the talent they have, Nagy, like Darren Horn, is a guy that has just had success yeah. in this league. Yeah. And you have to respect his ability to. I mean, look what he did with Brandon Knoll last year. Yeah. I mean, he's he's gonna. They've got they've got AJ Braun coming back. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to be a solid team in this league. So. With Wright State, my concern with Wright State is always their depth. Because as we know, Scott Nagy, big fan of the short bench. He has been, that's kind of been his MO. And funny enough. He and Campy, they're the two that they run their guys out there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although I think, I really think Campy's going to expand that bench this season. I think he's a, I think he's a little more up on his bench than he was last he year. He says that every year, and so does I know Nate. he says that every year. And and you kind of have to. I mean, you have yeah. to. You can't go into your locker room and say, "Hey, there are seven guys that are going to get minutes this year." Oh yeah. Although I mean, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, he did. Uh, Campy did say in one press conference, one uh, post game interview, is like, "Yeah, this is why they are. This is why my rotation is this short." <laughs> Like, wow, okay. And by the way, every, I, incidentally, everybody he talked about, I'm pretty sure everybody he was referring to ended up in the transfer portal, if I'm you know, not mistaken. Maybe maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we need coaches to be direct and, and straightforward with how they're evaluating talent within their own uh, yeah. organization. Well, uh, so, but I got you distracted. I got you distracted from Coach Nagy and Wright State. Yeah, with with Nag with Nagy, it's a different situation because even if you aren't getting any minutes, those guys don't seem to go anywhere. I mean, I for years was one. I mean, for, before C.J. Wilborn graduated, I was always wondering why he was, and before him, James Manns. I was like, it's weird because I thought for sure we were going to see a lot more of them, and when we didn't see a lot more of them, I thought for sure they were going to end up in the transfer portal, and neither right. of them did. No, so James Mans was the James Mans was the token like Schrodinger's transfer. Like it, it, nobody was sure. Everyone was yeah. proud of to leave, but he hadn't left until he, I, he did the- actually. To be fair, he actually did take his extra year and play somewhere else. He did do that. So, but he spent that entire year where everyone thought he was going to transfer, didn't, and then he sat on the bench the whole year, and, and it was it was interesting to see. And it was almost a fun like, you know, everyone in the league was feeling for James Mans. Yeah. Well, the cons- the the thing that really befelled Wright State last season, what that that bench, I mean the rotation, I think it really affected them because they came into the they came into the came in from the non-conference and they did pretty well. And then they turn around and man, the <laughs> and then the they turn around and go into the conference season and they're 10 and 10, they're 500. They're 500, and thanks to the kind of the parity within that middle of the pack of the Horizon League, they end up finishing seventh, and they have to go up to Milwaukee. I mean, they had to beat somebody else first, but they had to go and uh, play Milwaukee and in that environment, which was not great, and they got run out, you know. It was – You felt bad for that team. It ran out of like gas. It seemed like that, that. – it seems like that Wright State team ran out of gas. It just seemed like it did, which is weird to say when you have players of the caliber of a Brandon Noel, who was the freshman of the year, even though he's 100 years old, of Trey Calvin, who was – you still will be – who's still in the discussion for player of the year. How'd they do on your – how'd they do again uh, – how'd they do is in terms of against the spread for you there? Um, I bet on them probably too much. Uh, they were, <laughs> let's see, they were 11 and 11 in conference against the spread. So they were middle of the pack in terms of, they, they weren't a, a gambling anom- anomaly last year. But, you know, it was the first year, I guess, when I'm thinking of Wright State last year, the reason they've been so dominant is they had, you know, loud and love into Grandpa Silly. Yeah. And then it was a little bit like, okay, is AJ Braun the next guy who's going to stand up? I thought he would be. I really and did. And Noel kind of took his position in a way. He was more impressive, I felt, than Braun. Um, but 
you know, you still didn't have that workhorse center of the offense kind of player uh, on them last year. And I think it's, to your point, it's, and I think that was kind of an, and that's kind of been Scott Nagy's bread and butter. You've got a somebody dynamic in the backcourt. You got somebody dynamic in the frontcourt. And in years past, it was you know either Tanner Holden and Loud Love, or Tanner Holden and Grant Silly. And then we thought right. for sure last year was going to be Trey Calvin, and we didn't know what we were getting out of AJ Brown. So we thought that I mean we didn't know we were going to get out of Brandon Noel. So we thought that was AJ Brown. But then Brandon Noel came in. I think, and maybe this is why everybody's so bullish on Wright State, is that Brandon Noel and Trey Calvin have have solidified their positions in that scheme that Scott Nagy has, you know, basically prided himself on over the last few years, and maybe. That's where that's coming from, where they have those two core pieces. And then, of course, you've got your you, your key supporting players like a like a Keaton Norris, like an Andrew Wellage, like a Hubrist. You know, those guys are going to be huge. Those guys were huge last season, um, especially Wellage and Hubrist, who were I, I think their biggest issue. I, they. I think their biggest thing is going to also have to be to find somebody who is going to take the place of Tim Vinky. Might be actually Bo Myers, the kid out of uh, the kid out of Malone, uh, a, a, who who at Malone shot very well from the three, whereas Tim Vinky he was more defensive. Like, he was he was more he was more of a defensive. I, I thought he was more a defensive component. Um, I thought he was very good on defense um, offensively. I mean, but you didn't need that. You didn't need him to be defense uh, offensively minded, but it would have been nice if he had shot a few more threes, a little that, you know, went in. And I think that's maybe where Bo Myers comes in. It could. I, I'm wondering though, if the, yeah, I mean, this is not a league of dominant bigs. No. It's been when we've seen uh, huge talent in this league, it has seemingly come from the guard or forward position. And Wright yeah. State, for a while in this league, had probably the best big man in the league. And oh, yeah. that, I think, opened the door for guys like Tanner Holden to, to space out, like Trey Calvin. And I think yeah. last year on this podcast, uh, we heard Matt, I will say correctly, doubt uh, Amari Davis's fit with that team. And I think yeah. one of the main differences is they just weren't able to pull defenses in as much as they were in the past. I think you're right. I mean, and that's probably why Davis found himself on the bench as opposed to in uh, you know, on the on the start uh, in the starting five, which is why we saw Wellage. <laughs> why we saw Hubris. Cuz those guys were yeah, specifically hubris. So yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that absolutely makes sense. Um, and he, I think the yeah. So that's gonna definitely be. But yeah, the yeah the, the front court. You have Braun. You have you have Braun. You have Noel. Are you gonna play, is he gonna play them both at the same time? Because that's gonna that's a lot of wear and tear if you do that. And I don't know if they have to do that, given who they have and given they have the depth everywhere else. I don't know if they need to do that, and uh, maybe they shouldn't. But you know, then again, I'm not Scott Nagy, and I haven't won a bunch, so there's that too. But they find a way, and and again, yeah. I I think you have to put them in your top tier. I don't have them as my number one. No, I do not. I actually have, uh, funny enough, because we have our predictions that we're going to be turning uh, sending in um, for our preview week predictions. I have a, I had a Tanner list and I had a non-Tanner list and neither of them see Wright State in, at the top. I'm, I, I, I am prepared I for all contingencies. That's what I am. 
I have them at three. You have them at three. Okay. I can't remember where I have. I don't can't remember. I know it's not. I think it's three or four, I want to say. Either way. You don't have to come up with your list yet. I do because this is my guest appearance. So I got to come, you know, prepare for the podcast. You know, this is my chance. But I've got right straight at three. Yeah. So now, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, I think, and you know, I you probably may have a different opinion on this, but I think it's this is if the it's going to be unpredictable as I'll get out to figure out who's going to come out on top. But I'm putting I'm I think it's going to be Northern Kentucky, and I and you, you underestimate Marquez Borg at your peril. Northern Kentucky has been – they're fun because they've been at the center of uh, – Us underestimating them forever? <laughs> they're stealing. They're getting stolen from. I mean, they're theft of Cade Meyer. We'll see how he fits in there. You know what's funny, though? It, I, we talked about the Cade Meyer and the uh, Horizon League on Horizon League time that incidentally has been committed on them constantly, and it always seems to be Youngstown State on them. But it's funny because – you still have we we talk about Cade Meyer and how he's going to fit, but then you got the key. Uh, we got Key and Jerry coming in, who I think is also going to have a huge impact, uh, specifically on the front in the front court for them. And hey, and, we've seen Marquette transfers have success in this league before. Indeed, indeed, we have. <laughs> mm, look at you, Jamal Kane. But, but I was surprised at how many people transferred out of that program after making the tournament, and dare I say, giving Houston a a, a good old fashioned scare, scare. in the tournament. Yeah, um, but I think for for Northern Kentucky, they always have that that core. They've always had that core. They have Mark. Marquez work didn't go anywhere. Sam Vincent didn't go anywhere, and Trey Robinson didn't go anywhere. Those are your three main guys, and they're they are, you you might as well just stamp Those them three in concrete. Can beat anybody on any night. Exactly. The only thing that they needed to do was they needed to bring they needed to bring in a replacement for Xavier Rhodes, and I think they've done that with Michael Bradley, uh, the kid for out of Mercyhurst, and the guy somebody to replace the big shoes of Chris Brandon, and I think. Um, if it's not a combination of uh, if it's not a combination of Ida Jerry and Meyer, it, it's going to be one over the other, and maybe a combination of both. Is so they Kate can Meyer able to replace Brandon. I see no. him more of as a as a three or a stretch four than a. I would see him more at the four. I think we're. I think I will. I realistically think I see him. I see. I see Kate Meyer. Either in the four or the five, because remember at Green Bay, you you did see from time to time Cade Meyer and Brock Hefner on the floor together, and so I think that I we may be setting ourselves up for that happening again, where he's either at the five when it is Jerry's not in the game, or at the five or at the four, where when it is Jerry is not when it is in the game together. So I mean that makes. I, that would be make the most sense for me. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in my summary yeah, of obviously. as I see it, and again, Horizon Boy is a big Cade Meyer fan, let me tell you. Um, I was glad to see him stay in the league. It'll be interesting to kind of see him from a different angle. Um, but as I said, you know, Robinson, Vincent, Warwick, that those three can beat anyone on any night. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think a question mark for me is their front court, as yeah. you said. Seeing it, Jerry and uh, Meyer, and seeing how they're able to shape out, we'll see. I think Roman, we also Brandon, I Roman fit those big shoes perfectly last yeah. year. That was a guy who came into a system and was the perfect puzzle piece in the front court. I think we also see. I also am interested in seeing what we see out of L.J. Wells in year two, because we he did for as much for as much as they were for as much bad. Uh, for as much as playing time was at a premium in the front court, L.J. Wells as a freshman got himself on that, uh, got himself some minutes. So I'm very interested in seeing how much of that, how much of him we're going to see next year, so with this upcoming season as well. But a team I have finishing above that Norse team 
is Cleveland State. Really? You got so so you got Cleveland State. So you got Cleveland State at ah. They're in my two hole. So so with Cleveland State, and I think you know, Enaruna is going to have another monster year. I think uh, Tay Williams is going to be outstanding. Uh, Drew Louder, I think if he's a little bit more consistent, I think that was kind of his issue last season. The question marks that I have for them are the same ones I have for Northern Kentucky. Who's going to run the point and who's going to take over for Spider Johnson? Right. It feels like Spider and Antoine have just been around for so long. They have, they were. It'll be a whole different scene. They literally came in at the same points, and they literally came in at the same time. They all both came in in 2018, both of them. And it seems like so weird that we're not seeing them anymore. It's hard to remember a Cleveland State team without him. Um, And he was so important, and and not all the all the time in the box score, but Spider was one of those guys who made Cleveland State as successful as they've been during his tenure. So the other thing too, as I uh, and I, I think, what Daniel Robinson did, I think he is do uh, he's kind of taken the same approach as he has throughout his uh, the the same approach he did last year, and go to the transfer portal, go to JUCO and get those guys. And I think um, when you look at who do you replace Deshaun, who do you replace Deshaun Parker, who do you replace. Who replaces Deshaun Parker? I think we see Tevin Smith, the the, the Denver transfer. You may see that uh, Chase Robinson. He was a uh, that D two kid. We didn't see last year because he redshirted. We may see him too. And then, and I know Alec Quaid had mentioned this during the writers' forum, is that we may see it in in at the five. We may see the JUCO guy KJ Debrick come out. And, and has any Horizon League school had more success uh, transitioning JUCO or D2 players to their systems than Cleveland State? And it's State? amazing. He did it, and Cleveland State does it with two different coaches. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Like, you, it's funny because it's – yeah. So that makes perfect sense. Um, honestly, I'm not as bull- – I, I should be more bullish on Cleveland State. I'm just not. <laughs> I, I, it bites me in the butt every year, too. And I should they, be they, because- every year they I, I they are finished they finish higher than predicted every single year. Yeah. And it's not always number one, but they, that's well, a team that always figures it out in some way. Yeah. Yep. And I, I and again, it's gone from Gates to, to Robinson. This is this is obviously this is Robinson's team. Um and I think also I know Alec was also bull, uh, says that uh, Daniel Robinson is bullish on Raymar Pryor. I absolutely am too. Seeing what he saw, he did last season, Raymar Pryor. Uh, one other name that I, I'm a little I'm a little more bullish on that I'm not sure everybody else is Dylan Arnett. Last uh, Dylan Arnett, the kid, the the sophomore. And okay. the reason for that, the reason for this is when Cleveland State played Wright State, I know it's a very small sample size, but when Dylan Arnett was on Brandon Noel last season, Dylan Arnett bested Brandon Noel. He didn't, he did a, I thought in my estimation, Arnett did an outstanding job defending Brandon Noel. And if you got a guy who can do that, and I don't know how much time he's going to get, especially when you got Debrick coming in. You also got the kid from South Florida, Doc Mordar, coming in, who's a really big guy. But I like his chances. I like the. I like. He's I like. Our- by contributing bigs, and and yeah, if that's a guy that can step up and 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 play a significant role in the front court for the Vikings this year, I, I, that in that circumstance, I could see them at two. Yeah, that's why I've got them there. All right. Do we miss anybody? I feel like we didn't. Do we miss anybody? I feel like I I, I want to. I, I know last. Uh, I know we we talked about just about everybody. <laughs> we talked so about just anybody. I guess we we really didn't cover Robert Morris. They've got so many new faces that I can't sit here today and tell you a lot. We didn't talk a lot about the Mastodons, but. That's a team, just roster construction. I'm kind of surprised at the way it was all organized. 
Uh, I think Kaufman is is one of the better coaches in this league. Yeah. And it's it's kind of weird to me that that there was such a, a cliff of seniors last year. Yeah. So so we'll see if he can get it together. He's a coach that I believe in. Uh, they can have success, but I've got them at ten. Yeah. So I think with with Purdue Fort Wayne, I think the big thing for them because they've got Anthony Roberts coming back, they've got Quentin Morton Robertson coming back. So you, I, I, so I, I can see those both those guys coming in. Uh, the big name that I see them coming that's going to be big for them is going to be Rashid Bello, the D two transfer. I think he's going to be big for them. One other name too. Um, and this is in the front because when I talked to Kaufman, we talked a little bit about the front court between Mulder, Eric Mulder, and uh, Jonathan Dijonet. But one name we didn't see last year, we may see this year, D'Angelo Elize, who is the uh, JUCO big man, uh, who didn't get, who actually redshirted because Rob Petty came back, so there wasn't really any room for him. So um, he he redshirted. So we're, I think we're going to see some more of him too. But and I think. And, and like I said, when it comes to Purdue Fort Wayne, they're kind of in the same boat as a lot of the other teams we're not really sure about that we may slight and slap, you know, in the bottom half of the Horizon League where we're not 100%, where, where we have not seen these teams perform amid an, a significant roster turnover. Where on the other hand, we've seen Youngstown State do. We seem see Youngstown State doing this nearly every year, and they're consistently a winner. So we'll see. We'll see. And then I guess lastly, you know, my number one. We talked about Lundy Magic, but yes. I'm picking Milwaukee to to win it this year. Um, do, do you have B.J. Freeman as your pick for Player of the Year? Because I know I, I think it's going to be B.J. Freeman. I think he's the most talented. I mean, he's that that three who can just score in a lot of different ways and dominate this league. I, I saw him as my, as my preseason pick for player of the year. But I, I think Mar- guys like Lyric Davis coming in are going to be fun. Uh, I yeah. think he's going to have a lot of success. They've got, there's just so balanced in terms of like talented transfers coming in and then stability in guys like Angelo Stewart, who you know can throw out there yeah. and, and give you a solid grinder minutes. I'm interested in seeing what Langston Wilson does. Uh, I know we talked about Lyric Davis a little bit, but I think uh, Langston Wilson and or Faison Fields, because the big thing that they, the big issue that Milwaukee had last season is, is once again that front court. And then you have bring in Wilson, you bring in Fields, guys you know are. Uh, who can come in and, you know, get those, get those boards. I think that helps them out significantly. I really, you do. just have to turn your eyes towards guys who transfer in from power five schools. Yeah. It's been oh, absolutely. It almost, it, it's surprising to me. And that's another thing I'm trying to adjust my evaluation on because it, it's almost a coin flip. Sometimes you see these guys transfer in and, and there's no success at all. Yeah. I, I mean, look true. at Oakland last year. And, and the transfers and the schools that they brought players in. And some of those guys didn't even see the floor. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, yeah, th- that happens from time to time. As we know, <laughs> transfer so, portal has always been a crapshoot. It is a crapshoot, but I, I think it would be a crapshoot. I'm sure it makes your, it makes your, 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 uh, your, your, your deep dives pretty interesting too, I'm sure. I'm like, what am I doing here? I don't know. I know, I know. But, hey, you know, Horizon Boy only picks the conference game, so I get non-conference to do my homework and, and see how rosters are shaping up. But sometimes it just doesn't quite – you know, you're still experimenting until mid-January. That's when teams really kind of find their their what they're all about. And the good ones come the, – the cream comes to the top after teams find themselves late, late January, even February. Yeah. Nope, you are correct. So, and so with that, we're gonna go ahead and close this uh, annual Horizon Boy uh, episode out. Horizon Boy underscore HB at Twitter. I'm never calling it X. Horizon Boy underscore HB. Though. So. All right. So Thanks next again week, for having me on. This is always such such always, a blast. To, to it would not be a it would not be a start of a Horizon own roundtable season without Horizon Boy. It just wouldn't. 
Thank Which, you very much. Thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to uh, fooling around with you guys on Twitter all year. <laughs> all right. And that's going to do it for us. Tune in next episode. Next episode, we're talking about all these uh, preseason publications coming out. Uh, the Almanac is coming out. And we're bringing in Matt Cox back again uh, to talk Horizon League from the Almanac. So that's what we're going to do next episode. HorizonRoundTable.com is where you can find all of our written content and all of our podcast episodes. Become a patron. Uh, Patreon.com slash HorizonRoundTable. Definitely do that. And, of course, you can uh, pull us up wherever podcasts are found. And you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So tune in next next episode. Until then, thank you all for listening. Listening.